Welcome to the Druids Grove, where we discuss all things related to Druids, their history, current day practices, and how to build a deeper connection and relationship with the earth. I'm so glad you're here. If you find what I have to share helpful, please subscribe and share with others that may enjoy it, and check the show notes for more information. Come on in, relax for a bit, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to the Druids Grove. Thanks for joining in. Now that we are through looking at the history of Druidry from their extinction up until some of the organizations of today, we're going to take a look at paganism in general and how Druidry fits into that and how they are practiced today. Paganism is an umbrella term that encompasses many nature-based spirituality practices. Uh, For instance, Druidry, which we talked about, Wicca, which we've talked about, uh, heathenry, and I'm going to not say this correctly, true. I'm not sure how to say that. Um, those are kind of Nordic-based um, spiritual practices. Uh, other forms are shamanism, sacred ecology, and there are just there's just so many others. Uh, the main the main premise is that with pagan spiritual practices, they all follow the cycle of nature, the seasons. They focus on connecting to nature, uh, the cycle of birth, growth, and death, and how we can uh, interact with nature and those concepts on a day-to-day basis. Many people hear the term pagan and they think of maybe perhaps Satanism or you know evil religions, that kind of thing. This may just be a, uh, a concept in the United States, but I was brought up in the southern United States and my whole life until I discovered you know these concepts, when I heard the term pagan, I thought of, you know, evil, uh, satanic practices, that kind of stuff. And it, that, for, for whatever reason, that's just how, how it's conveyed and taught here. But really, when you look back historically, the term pagan, all it means is country folk or rustic folk. It was used by the church in the 4th century to kind of demonize and ridicule those that don't believe in Jesus or don't follow Christianity as a religion. So... Essentially, any religion that is not Christianity, any religion in the world, could be considered pagan from the Christian perspective, simply because they they use that term to kind of, as I stated, uh, mock other religions to make them feel rustic and country and uneducated to join in with the Roman culture at the time. A really great thing about Druidry specifically under the umbrella of paganism Um, You can be any type of religion that you want to in the world and still be a druid. You can also uh, be a theist and believe in a god or a deity, a monotheist where you have one god, a duotheist where you might believe in two gods or goddesses. You can be an atheist uh, and not believe in any gods or god. You can be a pantheist where god is everything and there's another form of called panentheism, where God is actually everything, but God is also greater than everything. Um, Another branch is animism. So in that aspect of um, paganism, all all things have spirit or soul or uh, an inner energy. So rocks, trees, streams, mountains, they all have, uh, they are all alive. Uh, you can also be a deist, where you believe that uh, God created the world, but just 
the, the god or goddess just kind of set things in motion, and then the world just kind of evolves on its own. Or you can believe in any combination of these. Some people also use druidry as a religion. Uh, some just use it as a spiritual practice, and others just use it as a connection to nature and to understand nature better. You know, in some religions, you are kind of mandated to be brought in and be part of a group and, and take part of, in group activities. Um, but in Druidry, you can be a solo practitioner, or you can be involved in group practices, or you can do both. Uh, myself, I tend to be a solo practitioner. Um, I, I read, I study, I meditate on my own. Um, part of that is by default, because in, this, in my area, there's not really any Druid groups. Um, many Druid organizations use the term seed, S-E-E-D, like a tree or a plant seed, seed groups or groves. Um, those are common names for groups of people that gather together maybe on the holidays or get together to study or just talk about concepts in Druidry. Uh, in Wicca, they would be called covens. Um, and again, you can be a solo practitioner or you can practice in, in groups like that or just meet up for holidays and do you know social gatherings. Again, what we've talked about, all of these branches of paganism are about connecting to nature on a spiritual level, kind of building a relationship with your local environment, uh, protecting the local environment, following the seasons, being in tune with the annual cycle of nature, and the changes around you. So paying attention to uh, the plants and the trees and the weather and, and, and how all of this changes throughout the year and, and being more connected and paying attention to that. So to, to get a little bit more specific, uh, we talked about this earlier as well. Wicca is a branch that modern Druidry came from. Uh, Wicca is under the umbrella of paganism. Wicca is typically seen as a matriarchal-based religion or practice. Uh, they believe more um, about the goddess rather than a god. Um, they use the terms maybe Mother Earth, Father Sky, or the Horned God, or the Moon Goddess. Um, they have various other deities that they may or may not um, reach out to. Uh, in Wicca, there's a hierarchy system of initiation where you you kind of are initiated and you work through and you learn things and then you uh, get promoted to the next level. I, I believe there are like three levels uh, within Wicca practice. Druidry is kind of an open practice. Um, some organizations like the Order of Bards, Ovation Druids, use the you know the the tier system. Um, other organizations use uh, kind of a, a teaching system, but you can choose which path you want to follow. Uh, but anyone is is welcome to join in. But you just the more longer you in the the longer you are in, the more you learn and the more you uh, develop. A, maybe take on a leadership role. Wicca tends to focus on. Uh, spellcrafting and magic to kind of create change um, in the world or in the universe in congruence with one's own will. So they may, you know, invoke the elements or the spirits of place to uh, perform a, a spell or, or perform a magical practice to, to create what they want to happen in the world, to happen for them. Uh, Druidry, on the other hand, this is where they kind of broke off, you know, earlier this century or last century. Druidry broke off because it was more about creativity and inspiration. Um, there's a term in Druidry called Awen, A-W-E-N. Um, Druids tend to tap into this um, 
inspirational force is basically what it's 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 so much deeper than what I can explain here. Um, if you want to look up what Awen is, um, but it's it's kind of the driving force behind creativity and inspiration in spiritual practice. And, and I'm going to do a whole episode on Awen later. Um, but basically, it's the universal flow of creative energy that we learn to uh, develop and to be open to and to tap into. Druids do also, some druids also use magic. Um, again, I'll do an, another episode later on magical practices and what magic, you know, really means. Um, it, it's not the, you know, the idea of a magician performing spells and pulling rabbits out of a hat or waving a wand and fire shooting out of it like Harry Potter. You know, it's not, it's not like that. Uh, really, when you think about magic, magic is uh, the manifestation of your intentions uh, through maybe ritual or ceremony or even just prayer, um, you know, communing with and asking for help from everything around you, the elements, the spirits, other deities, um, kind of deciding what you want to do. You can even have uh, internal transformation that could be seen as, as a form of magic or al- alchemy or alchemical transformation as well. Again, um, all of these pagan practices focus on connecting with nature they all have their own various gods and goddesses. Some have no gods or goddesses and just focus on their relationship with animals, their local environment, or spirits, or the other world, uh, which I'm going to do an episode again uh, later as well. Um, and also the seasons and the wheel, and what's called the wheel of the year. And I'm going to do a bunch of episodes on that as well. Um, druidry, I mentioned this before, it comes from the term. Druidry or druid means oak wisdom or oak knowledge or knower of the oak. And what this really means, um, it's learning sacred knowledge and wisdom um, and, and how trees communicate and the energies that different trees have and understanding the relationship and role of trees in the spirit and process of nature. It's learning about... Uh, the categorization of trees, the different types of energies they have, the different purposes they have, and developing a, a spiritual relationship with trees specifically. They all have different energies. Um, they all have different uh, entities and beings that live in and around them. I know this sounds crazy, um, but this is kind of a concept in druidry that, that the more you study it, the more you will uh, get into and understand. And it's not just trees. Trees are kind of the focus, but also all plants, animals, um, like I said earlier, you know, mountains, uh, streams, a field, a grove of trees, you know, a field of corn or wheat, you know, a crop. They all have different energies and spirits that, that are within them. And, and part of our spiritual practice in Druidry is just developing a relationship with these and understanding them and, and nurturing them and protecting them. Another aspect of Druidry that... Um, maybe is not that well known, uh, which is also in other uh, pagan practices as well, but Druidry kind of focuses on it as well, and it's more during the Ovate grade, is the concept of divination. So divination, um, there are many formats of this. Um, Basically what it means is um, you are looking into things and asking questions or looking for answers and, and seeing how things are going to play out in the future. So in ancient times, this could be, you know, looking at the clouds or the flight of birds or the migration of animals 
looking at the weather and predicting what was going to happen over the next few days. Um, there are many practices of divination. Um, you've probably heard of tarot cards. So tarot cards is an, or oracle cards, they're another format. So, you know, going into a deep meditation, focusing on some concept or question that you want to know about, and then, you know, utilizing the cards or the oracles to get an answer or some guidance uh, or a, a word of caution, things you might need to avoid. Other, other concepts would be uh, water gazing, so like a bowl of water, um, or a black mirror, a dark mirror, a lot of people use that, and same concept, uh, meditation, just staring into the mirror, staring into the water. Uh, you know, in olden times they may go to a lake and, and put their face over the water at, at the edge of the shore and just look deeply into it and, and wait for images to appear and kind of look into what the universe is trying to tell them. Another uh, another concept of divination could be uh, runes, so or, or stones. Uh, some people use animal bones. Um, you know, reading tea leaves in a cup. There's just so many different ways, and it's it's really kind of up to what the individual practitioner uh, wants to do. In druidry, and it comes from kind of an ancient Celtic um, form of language. There's um, a system called the Oum. It's O-G-H-A-M. And they are kind of symbols that represented letters, but they also represented trees and individual characteristics. And if you look up O-G-H-A-M, if you go online and look up O-M, you can kind of see some examples. But basically, if you envision a long, straight, horizontal line, and there are, there are 20 individual symbols, and they're in groups of five. So you might have a, a one vertical hash mark off this horizontal line is a symbol. And then you have two vertical hash marks, and then three vertical hash, you know, and then you go to five. And then the next group of five letters or symbols would be, instead of vertical, they would be down. So you would have one symbol or one line going down. That's a symbol in a letter. Then you would have two, and then you would have three, four, five. And then you go to a diagonal line across it, and then you have these, the last few are just different symbols like a, a diamond or a triangle or, you know, some different symbols on there. It's hard to describe without being able to see them. So, like, you might have one symbol, you know, let's just say a vertical line, and it represents a specific tree, and it represents specific characteristics like patience or virtue or determination or caution or uh, avoidance, um, you know, and so... People would take these ohm symbols and put them on, carve them on sticks or, you know, pieces of wood and put them in a bag. And this is practice today, you know, and, and meditate and do do some divination and then throw them on to a table or pull one out of the bag. And um, what I did for a while is I took these little wooden discs and I burned the symbol. I used a wood burning kit and I burned a symbol. I wrote the tree and then uh, the characteristic and I would just keep one in my pocket and you know pull it out randomly throughout the day to try to learn it and, and get used to it. They also used them in ancient times they would write the symbols on stones to kind of act as maps or directions so you might come to a road crossing and there would be a, st a stone there and that would have symbols the symbols would be carved on it telling people which direction so it's kind of a form of, of letters uh, back before um, you know, an official language or written language was taken on.
So along with the Oum, um, there are also in Druidry many sacred sites and stone circles that are used. So many people are familiar with like Stonehenge, you know, that kind of thing. They're kind of associated with the Druids. Um, but they're, they're scattered all throughout Northwest Europe. So these stone circles are kind of a place they would use for gatherings, for ceremonies, uh, recognition of holidays in the wheel of the year, you know, Stonehenge, like I said. Um, and, and many of these places, these stones were arranged to line up with um, a certain holiday. So they knew what time of year it was specifically. So um, like sunrise on the winter solstice would line up exactly aligning, you know, through an opening of two stones and hitting another stone, for instance. That might be an example. Another would be like a sacred, um, like a, they call them burial mounds. So it would be, uh, they would they would take stone and build a small cave with a, an opening and then pour dirt all over it so it's a big mound. And for instance, on the winter solstice, the sunlight penetrates this opening of the stone and goes all the way to the back and the sunlight lines up and hits this one stone at the back of the cave. <clears throat> and what this symbolizes is um, it's kind of a sexual reference. So if the light is coming in, it's, you know, if you picture, excuse me for talking about it, but this is what it symbolized back in the day, you know, a, a penis entering a vagina, the light entering the cave and reaching the back is kind of a uh, um, fertilization, a rebirth of the new year. The light has come full cycle and now the new year is going to start over. And they would gather at these uh, burial mounds and stone circles to celebrate these these times of the year. Um, in Scotland, Scotland actually has the highest concentration of stone circles in the northwest of Europe. Scotland has over 500 stone circles just, just in that country, and they're scattered, like I said, they're scattered throughout. Uh, another aspect of spiritual practice we've mentioned before that all the pagan uh, practices use are the elements. So there are four elements, well, actually, there's actually five. So uh, the elements of fire, earth, air, and water. And the last spirit would be, or sorry, the last element would be spirit, or like the soul. So many people get confused when they see this. Uh, the the kind of the universal symbol in pagan practices of the elements is the pentagram or the star. It just looks like a star. Again, when I was brought up, many people thought when they saw a star, they thought Satanism. But typically in Satanism, that the star is turned upside down. So the, the point on, on a normal star where the point is at the top in uh, Satan practice, Satanic practice is the star is pointing down. So if you ever see someone wearing a star, um, it may be that they are a pagan and they keep that with them, whether it's a necklace or a bracelet or a ring or something like that, to remind them wherever they are when they look at it to think of the elements and their connection with the elements, the fire, earth, air, water, and the spirit. And I'm going to do some ep many episodes later on uh, the elements as well. So as we talked about before, um, not just Druidry, but many other practices, many groups um, get together and have different focuses. So organizations or even local groups might might gather for specific purposes. So, you know, many people get get organized and, and work on environmental protection. So, you know, preserving construction sites and, and doing protests or doing trash pickup days or even just coming together for 
um, you know, to have a, a, a spiritual ceremony, a prayer for an area to protect it or just to connect with it and develop a relationship with it. Um, some some groups like to focus on get together and have magical ceremonies or do divination together. Um, others like to just get together and talk and, you know, have uh, intellectual pursuits and uh, appreciate where they're coming from. So under that umbrella of paganism, as I said, Druidry is just one of them, and there are many, many other forms of it. Um, you can make paganism any type of practice that you want, as long as it's connected to and about studying and relating to nature. Um, so I hope this has given you a little bit more insight about paganism and pagan spiritual practices and Druidry today. These, again, this is just a general introduction. We got through the history, now we're kind of getting uh, towards working into Druidry specifically. So if this has helped, I hope that you feel free to share it, and thank you for listening. Epiphany Lost in darkness, searching, wading through a boggy marsh of thoughts, grasping at branches, breaking, exploring known and new paths, only to end at the beginning. Clouds parting, fog clearing, sun blazing. A crack of lightning illuminating a new moon landscape. Gone are the regrets of the past, replaced by understanding. Anxiety, fear, and worry scatter like a dandelion in the breeze. Equanimity in all things. The direction is clear, vision unobscured. Thank you so much for joining in at the Druid's Grove. I thoroughly enjoyed sharing this time and information with you. I hope you learned something and are inspired to build a connection to the earth and the world around you. If you liked what was shared, please feel free to give back at Buy Me a Coffee. Join me on Substack, where I have transcripts, or listen on YouTube, and find the group on social media. For more information, check the show notes. I'll see you in the Grove. Until next time.